Good morning. It's lovely to have you with us today on the second Sunday of Lent. This morning we have the company of Andrew and Jill Knight. Jill is going to be reading and intercessing for us and Andrew will be opening up that scripture and helping us to understand it a little better later in the service. As we gather to worship with one another today, let me pray the special prayer of the church, the collect, for this second Sunday in Lent. Gwethion, let us pray. Almighty God, you show to those who are in error the light of your truth, that they may return to the way of righteousness. Grant that all who are admitted into the fellowship of Christ's religion may reject those things that are contrary to their baptism and follow in the way of Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be the honour and glory, now and forever. Amen.
A reading from Philippians, chapter 3, beginning at verse 17. Brothers and sisters, join in imitating me and observe those who live according to the example you have in us. For many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. I have often told you of them. And now I tell you, even with tears, their end is destruction. Their God is the belly, and their glory is in their shame. Their minds are set on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven, and it is from there that we are expecting a saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ. He will transform the body of our humiliation so that it may be conformed to the body of his glory by the power that also enables him to make all things subject to himself. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way, my beloved. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A reading from Luke's Gospel, chapter 13, beginning at verse 31. At that very hour, some Pharisees came and said to Jesus, Get away from here, for Herod wants to kill you. He said to them, Go and tell that fox for me. Listen, I am casting out demons and performing cures today and tomorrow, and on the third day I finish my work. Yet today, tomorrow and the next day, I must be on my way, because it is impossible for a prophet to be killed away from Jerusalem. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often have I desired to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings and you were not willing. See, your house is left to you. And I tell you, you will not see me until the time comes when you say, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord.
Father, help us to hear the words of your gospel, to understand them, and then to put them into practice for the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Sometimes you read something in the gospel and you're not quite sure how to take it. In this reading, it's not entirely clear whether the Pharisees who warn Jesus about Herod's intentions are concerned for his safety or not. If it's a trick to sort of move Jesus on, it doesn't work. Jesus is not impressed and sends back the message that Herod may be a fox who is not great enough to be a lion, but was known for being devious, is to be clear that Jesus is not going to be put off. Just as last week we thought about how he wouldn't be distracted by temptation, so this week we see that he's not going to be threatened either. And that's probably the first thing we ought to think about. Jesus' resolution. He's going into danger, but he's going knowingly to his own death. And he's just not going to be put off or diverted. There's an iron will there, and we should be thankful for that. Because not only does it mean that he's putting into practice what he thought about in the wilderness, it means that he is determined to do what we need him to do, to give the help which only he can, which we desperately need. And along with that, we might be slightly surprised that Jesus does that unsupported. You would think that he had his group of friends with him who would be there urging him on. And the Gospel makes it quite clear that that isn't how it worked. He may have had the disciples around him, but their understanding seems to be pretty limited and their ability to support him is, well, frankly, it's sometimes almost negative. He isn't understood, he isn't helped. And that's a reason to think that God's concern for us is all the greater. God isn't after us for what we might be useful for. God isn't wondering what we could offer. God is simply saying that his grace is a love which loves us as we are, undeserved, and it's not any sort of a, a reward or even an investment in the future. That's remarkable and worth thinking about and pondering. But if we think about it, it may set us off saying, what about our determination? Whether we have anything like that resolution to keep the faith and to go on in the service of God if there are difficulties or trouble.
So Jesus won't be put off. But if he won't be put off, the hardness of Jerusalem, the rejection and indifference of its people to God and to what God is doing, certainly affects him. It moves him. It comes in the Gospel after a discussion of how many will be saved. Jesus' answer, avoiding generalities, encouraging each person to do their best to go through the narrow door. And he makes it clear that the door is narrow and will eventually be closed. History reminds us that there were those in Jerusalem who would not heed Jesus and who stayed when the Jewish war came and the Roman siege came and the end of the siege was particularly bloody and unsympathetic. So, unpopular as it may be, are we like those people of Jerusalem? Hard, resistant to God, to what he teaches and what he asks of us. Proud of our heritage, but with no intention of following it, particularly if there's, no, if there's a cost to it particularly if it's not leading us where we particularly want to go. Lent is a good time to ask these difficult questions, to consider seriously the possibility of failure, of getting to the door too late when it's shut, of not being ready to walk through it. And to think about that carefully enough to get the motivation to do something. We say, quite rightly, that God welcomes all those who repent. We remind ourselves of God's love for all his people, even the ones who are damaged and have a bit of a past. And that's true. But we then need to add, and we all need to accept the love and act on it. We know that God is reliable. We need to trust him and go on walking with him wherever he will take us. Lent is a good time to think of that too, of where perhaps we ought to be walking and whether we're keeping up the pace. And then when we've done that, there's the next stage as we remember the call to love those around us, to think of friends and family and neighbours, and to wonder if they are also following this way. Yes, we value their freedom. They can accept or reject, they can choose their way of life. Jesus did the same. Some would listen to him, others would not. But it's important and we should have a concern for all those people around us that we are encouraging them 
not simply to hear, but to act on what they hear of God's love, of God's plans. The possibility of ultimate failure is as real and as terrible for them as it is for us. And we're poor friends if we don't do what we can to encourage them in the right way. Jesus was resolute, not with a cold and hard resolution of doing it his own way, but with a determination to love and to keep loving even when it was difficult and hard and when his friends didn't understand and didn't help. That's encouraging and challenging. And we need to face the challenge. Is this the Lord we are happy to follow on his chosen path? Do we appreciate how important it must be for him to take this way and accept this cost? Or, heaven forbid, is that a bit of the story we prefer to edit out and forget? Let's remember Jesus' determination to love fully and in practice and then imitate it. Amen.
Let us pray. Father, we give you thanks for Jesus' determination to press on with his ministry, not put off by threats and not distracted by temptation. Help us to keep in mind his single-mindedness and the cost of his life and to be encouraged to follow him more closely. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for our local church, for John, our bishop, and Adrian, our vicar. We ask your blessing on all who gather in this community to worship and to learn. We are asked today to remember the Christians of Melanesia and in our own diocese, the Kuntari Together Ministry area, which brings together Pontadawe and Kledach. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Concerned about the war in Ukraine, we ask that you will help those caught up in violence, civilians and also soldiers and politicians. Strengthen those who work for peace and justice. Encourage those helping refugees and casualties. Guide us as to what we can do. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We ask your wisdom for those who govern us as we face the cost of economic sanctions, the problems of COVID recovery and the rising costs of energy. Help us to do what we can to protect the vulnerable and weak and to look towards a sustainable world fit for your people. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We remember those in crisis or difficulty for whatever reason. Help them to find your comfort and help us to offer whatever can usefully be done. Be with those who face illness and their carers, that they may be patient in weakness and kind in support. Support and encourage those whose work brings healing, relief and assistance. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Guide us in our Christian living. Help us to face the difficulties and costs of discipleship and to recognise the value both of the love that is offered to us and of living the new life to the fullest extent. Take us through the times of uncertainty and failure to a stronger faith and a greater service. Merciful Father, accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen.
Thank you for being with us yet again. As we continue to journey through Lent, many of us are delving into a book of reflections on the letter to the Hebrews. That book is still available in church. If you'd like a copy, do get in touch and we'd be pleased to get a copy to you as soon as possible. And then on Wednesday evenings, we're gathering together in St David's in Lacha to delve a little deeper into Hebrews and to think about what it means for us today. It would be lovely to have your company, seven o'clock this coming Wednesday. Remember, if there is anything we can do for you practically or spiritually, then please do get in touch with us. We would love to hear from you and we are always here for you. But now as another week begins, let me pray then for God's blessing on you, on those that you love, and even perhaps those that you find it difficult to love. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in the knowledge and love of God, and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be upon you and remain with you always. Bendith diw holl y lliog, y tad y mab ar y sbryd glan, a fôn eich plith ac adrigo gyda chi'n wastad. Amen.